Welcome to a brand new podcast for a brand new NHL team. My name is Jeff Januzic, and this is Joey Cirillo. Here's what's going to happen on the very first episode number one of What Lies Beneath. We're going to introduce ourselves. We need to tell you what this podcast is all about, and we're going to get to know the Kraken. It's a brand new NHL team. Uh, we're brand new to the Kraken, just like you and everyone else. So we've got to learn about them, the division, the team, the intangibles. Let's talk about the NHL, and then let's talk about Joey's first dive into fantasy hockey. And then we're going to create some bulletin board material for the future of this podcast. I'm very excited. So once again, my name is Jeff Januzic. I'm Joey Cirillo. I'm oh, sorry about my, that, man. <laughs> oh, no, that's all right. Um, so a little bit of my, my history is uh, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan. Uh, I'm a big-time hockey fan. So I played hockey my whole life, uh, a lot of beer league hockey, right? And um, I've just – I've been in love with hockey since I was a kid. So a Red Wings fan, but I'm super pumped to become and currently am a Seattle Kraken fan. So what's cool and what I'm going to hopefully bring to the show is a little bit of that inside knowledge of how hockey works, um, how uh, the NHL works, and all that sort of good stuff. Now, Joey, where are you from and what do you know about hockey? Yes, sir. So I am a native Washingtonian. So I was born and raised in Washington State, just an hour south of Seattle. So I am a Seattle diehard everything. Mariners, Seahawks, Sounders, Sonics, rest in peace. Um, so th those have been my teams throughout my entire life. And honestly, I've always been interested in the NHL, but I've never had a team to root for until now. So the, the second that it was announced that Seattle was getting an NHL team, um, completely over the moon with it i am so 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 excited and um i've been um like you said kind of doing a deep dive into the kraken and it's been a trial by fire <laughs> um trying cool. to trying to understand the ins and outs of hockey but this is why we're this is why we have the podcast here's what's cool here's what i've come to know about joey right he doesn't know a lot about hockey and how it works like in in the middle of the game mm -hmm. but this dude you you are like a research guy and oh yeah he he knows i think more about these kraken players than i i, I argue I, definitely me which is amazing as a lifelong nhl fan which is fantastic so i'm excited to have joey bring that to the table even if you don't know exactly what a defenseman should be doing you know about defending right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah here's, absolutely here's what our goal is for this podcast right um, it, it's for, obviously, fans who are looking to get into the NHL and get into, obviously, the Seattle Kraken. Like, everybody in Seattle, right? The rest of the league. We don't know anything about the Seattle Kraken because there's only, you know, been a team around for a little bit and they haven't even started yet, right? So we're excited about the start of the NHL season. But also, too, this is a podcast about, you know, having fun with hockey, the NHL, hockey culture, just all about what I think is the greatest sport in the world. There's so much for you to learn, Joey, as you start to watch these games, but also to like the inside culture of what hockey is. And it's getting younger and more and more fun as time goes on. So I'm super pumped and excited about what hockey is going to be. Like, for example, I think that hockey being on ESPN for the first time in over like 15, 16, 17 years is going to be huge for the league. That's going to be a really great thing. See, and I didn't even, uh, again, I'm not surprised that I didn't know this, but this is all new information to me. I remember actually just seeing yesterday that uh, ESPN has the double slate of games on Tuesday. So they have Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, and then immediately following that, it's our Seattle Kraken versus the Vegas Golden Knights. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I just assume that this is always a thing ESPN covered. So that's, again, this is all new information to me. That's great. Yeah, well, I mean, to get into that, NBC has had it for a long time. And 
the, the league didn't do great uh, with with uh, under the the NBC regime, right? It was okay. It was okay. I mean, like even okay. from like the commentators and stuff like that. And I, what I hope is, I grew up watching NHL Tonight, which was an ESPN two show. You know, back in the '90s, I think it ended in like the mid 2000s, early 2000s. But um, it was awesome. Like John Butchergross, um, like all these all these people, man, like that were part of this culture. They made hockey like this sort of like. It wasn't, and it never has been the most popular sport in the United States, but it, it had its own sort of mystique to it. It was cool. It's always been kind of cool. And if you are into hockey, you automatically have some cred, right, in, as a sports fan. And I have uh, zero cred at all. But um, <laughs> I think for the, for, for the NHL being on ESPN, uh, it's going to be great. And even the Kraken, too. Like, I know the Kraken are going to be all over uh, ESPN all year round. That means that this fan base is not just in Seattle – you know, I'm in. Uh, we're basically in the New Orleans, Louisiana area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're big Kraken fans. We're totally psyched to get into it. So I think this team is going to be one of the more popular teams, um, you know, around the country because uh, the the Knights, the the Golden Knights. I mean, it really helped that they came out first year and basically went to the Cup Finals. But you know, they're a super popular team, you know, around the entire country. Yeah, they really set the. Uh... The bar high again, very limited knowledge. But um, what the Golden Knights were able to do, they left some pretty big skates to fill, so to speak, for for the Seattle Kraken. So um, I'm going into a completely open minded though. I'm like I'm very very excited for this season, but I'm not thinking you know Stanley Cup or bust um, year one. I just want a team that I can root for and get behind. And the more research I do into these players and the way the organization is handling themselves, the more I've already started to fall in love with them. All right, so that's perfect. Let's learn about your Seattle Kraken. So there's so much to talk about. I mean, obviously, if you're here and you're a Kraken fan, you, you know the basics. You know this is an expansion team. You know this is you know a team that's brand new to the league. Um, you know you know the color scheme. You, you know what's up. But, you know, there's other things that uh, you may or may not know. Um, you know, I would say so far so good. We just wrapped up the preseason. Um, the NHL preseason just wrapped up, and mm-hmm. we're excited about uh, that first game against the Knights. Um, Joey, you caught some games. Did you? I mean, you probably watched I did. lots of questions. Yeah. Yes, a lot of questions. <laughs> so, um, and I'm not sure if you want to get into this right now, but I did. I did make a note of some players that were really interesting to me that seemed to also kind of be catching the attention of the the Kraken fan base as well. Just players that I think are going to have an impact immediately for the Kraken. And you mentioned me being a research person. So started doing some research on the team to get to, you know, to get to know these guys better. Um, well, I think we, let's, let's, I'll, I'll lay the basics out and then let's definitely jump yes, into these players. Perfect. I'm excited about these players. Even so better. Let's start with the basics. The, the Kraken, they are in the NHL's Pacific division. And I don't, have you looked at the division, uh, division lineups yet? I, I've watched um, a couple of videos kind of going over um, the division, but I still have a lot to learn in that space. Like if I was asked right now to name every team in the division, um, you know, sadly, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be able to do that at this moment. Well, you know, it, it's hard. They're in the Western Conference, right? Because there's 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 two two conferences: the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. All right, and it, it's I'm I'm definitely an old man. Uh, I'm 42. I'm an old man NHL guy because this is new to me. I think it's been like five six years of this more these these division formats. There used to be uh, in each conference like I think three divisions. Now there's two. Okay, okay? gotcha. So. In the East, or I'm sorry, in the Western Conference, you've got the Central Division. We are in the Pacific Division. The Kraken are in the same division with the Anaheim Ducks, the Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers, 
LA Kings, the San Jose Sharks, Vancouver Canucks, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, here's what's good. That right? division is For, brutal. <laughs> it is and it isn't. Yeah. It is and it isn't. So, you know, the Ducks, uh, okay, the, the, not, not you know, the, I would say the teams you're looking at here are the Golden Knights, the mm-hmm. Canucks. You know, uh, I will say that the Kraken are in a division that could work well for them. And I honestly think that's a lot of the reason why. Now, the Golden Knights are fantastic. I mean, they put up points, they, they killed it. But um, as far as the Kraken being in the Pacific Division, I really think it's it's strange. So here they are with the Golden Knights, the, like, you know, expansion darling. This this could happen for the Kraken. I'm just saying. I don't want to be too positive here, right? Yeah, I'm already, I'm already uh, starting to get really excited. I'm trying to curb my enthusiasm over here a little bit. <laughs> um, okay, so... The general manager, the guy who's in charge of making all the, the chess moves, all right? Mm-hmm. And uh, just like any other sport, that's that's what a GM does. Um, they're in charge of drafting. They're in charge of making those trades, uh, helping out with those rosters, and, and trying to make those pieces fit, right? So your GM for the Seattle Kraken is, is none other than Ron Francis. And Ron Francis in the world of uh, the NHL, right, is a legend, Okay. Ron Francis uh, played for a very, very, very long time. So he's Canadian, right? And his thing was that he was always a leader, right? Always a leader. And this guy was one of the best in the NHL for a very long time. Um, He, when he retired, he finished second in career assists behind the legend, arguably, probably the, the best hockey player ever. And that is who, Joey? Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky, you got that right. That's good. Um, fifth in career points, third in games played, which is incredible. Seventeen hundred and thirty-one games played in the NHL. Wow. Um, and before the Kraken, Ron Francis was the GM of the Carolina Hurricanes, and he helped the Hurricanes, you know, do, do some pretty awesome stuff. And that team's a pretty good team, and he helped build that, right? Um, so now here he is, this guy who's known to be an amazing leader. He is beloved by, I mean, everybody in the league. Um, he played on teams that I did not like, but I always respected him, right? Okay, and fair. He's he's known to be somebody who's very classy and, again, a great leader. So, you know, already they have built a really fantastic team. I mean, honestly, it's like when you draft a fantasy team in any sport, you know, the mm-hmm. beginning of the season, you think that you're, like, you're going to be undefeated and win the championship. Every time, um, every year. <laughs> right. I really do feel that way about, about Ron Francis. So, you know, he's... He's incredible. So that's a great start. And now our head coach, now he's a first-time head coach in the NHL, Dave Haxtell. All right, so he has been an NHL head coach one time. He was with the Flyers from 2015 until 2018. Um, And he was lastly on the Canadian national team uh, as a coach in 2017 and 2019. So that's that's not a bad thing, right? Um, But one of the big things here is he's always been around teams that, you know, tend to do really well. Um, he was the head coach of the North Dakota ice hockey team. Okay. Um, so in the NCAA and North Dakota is always one of those powerhouses. Like if we're talking about football, right. Who's a powerhouse in football year after year, Alabama. Yeah. Alabama, yeah. Alabama, Ohio state, Clemson. Oklahoma, yeah. If we're talking college football. Absolutely. So North Dakota is, they are the powerhouse for, for college hockey. They're one of them. There's, there's, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a handful. I know, like the yeah. University of Denver, DU. They have a really, really good hockey program. 
yeah, there's a whole bunch of really good hockey. And there's a, what's cool in, in NCAA hockey is there's um, a lot of weird colleges you never heard of that are really good too. So they're just like built around hockey, which is which is awesome. So, and college hockey games, oh my god, I can't um, even imagine. So fun to go to. They, so, do, it's like, do they sell beers there? I know that's a random kind of a side question there, but can you go oh, yeah. to a college hockey game and, and get a nice seat for cheap and and have some beers? Look. We're, we're Louisiana people, you know, living in Louisiana, talking about the Kraken, and, and uh, so we're used to having beers everywhere. But, uh, yes, I, I believe so. If I remember right, I'd been to a few college hockey games. I think I was drinking drinking beers. That's also, great. too, uh, they always have, like, the just like anything else, they have, like, the Frozen Four uh, hosted at, like, an NHL arena. So, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're cranking beers there, which is pretty cool. So, um, Dave, solid head coach. I, I, we're, we're in good shape right there. I think everything's, you know, fantastic. So um, that moves into – where Joey can come up with some of these awesome facts about some, some players. So as somebody who's fresh to the NHL and fresh to hockey and obviously fresh to the crack and you've been watching games, you've been getting into this. Mm-hmm. Who are you excited about? Who are you as a fresh fan to hockey? Who are you thinking about? Who's got you pumped? Oh man. So I, I really have, uh, I think like a list of like five players or so. And I just want to start off by saying it's kind of difficult for me, and I'm sure a lot of people that are now Seattle Kraken fans that might not know the game as well either, to kind of navigate how to really feel about the team overall right now, because the fact of the matter is, if you don't have a lot of a lot of knowledge beforehand, as you start to learn, all you really have to go off of is, you know, like analysts and ESPN and et cetera are saying. So when I see articles coming out, for example, Right after, right after the expansion draft, all I was reading about was how the Kraken kind of screwed it up, that Vegas basically nailed it, and that there are now teams that are very more they're they're weary or they're more cautious as to how they approach the expansion draft, which kind of hindered the Kraken's ability to do what they needed to do. And then when everything was said and done. There were a lot of, um, again, articles and pieces that I was reading just talking about how the Kraken, um, how they were really defensive, um, I guess, like defensive oriented. Um, and and there there was a, a really like a lack of scoring there. And basically all the pieces were just talking about how the Kraken were, um, I don't know, kind of not in the best position that they, but they should be. But anyways, that, that tangent aside, um, there are some players I've already started to grow really, really fond of. So first off, um, and, you know, and we won't see this until they really hit the ice, obviously. But for me, I think that right off the bat, there's a really, really good chance that the Kraken have one of, if not the top three to five goalie tandems in all of NHL. So between Grubauer and Drieger, I mean, holy hell. The signing of, of Gru was huge. Um, the reason why I was even somewhat familiar with him is because when I lived in Colorado, I loosely rooted for the Avs. I know how beloved he was with that organization. They couldn't come to terms. They couldn't come to terms with a new deal for him. Obviously, the Seattle Kraken have a ton of uh, have a ton of you know salary uh, that they were able to spend. So they went out and they got a big hire, um, and that that for me was really really big. Um, the next the next individual, Mark Giordano, aka Gio. So this guy. Oh man, and I'm sure you have a lot of just built-in knowledge about him, but just from some of the research I've been doing, 15 years in the NHL, all of which he has spent with Calgary, one of the top defensemen in the league. And I guess 
for me, I was surprised. My research, I did not know that that individuals, I guess, of his caliber can play in the NHL for such a long period of time because only two years ago, um, he received the James Norris uh, Trophy for top defenseman in the league. He won that award when he was 35 years old. So I think there's a really good chance that he could be named a team captain. Um, he brings a lot of experience and a veteran presence to that locker room right off the bat. So I don't, I don't know, um, Jeff, you tell me. He seems like a guy that can come in immediately and have an impact in multiple aspects. Well, you're, you're spot on, dude. Uh, you want somebody like that who is fantastic and who is a, a leader to come in and be your glue. As of right now, before this recording, so yeah, Mark Giordano, he is a leader. And what you want with something like that is you want a, a leader who's proven, who can come in and and put all these pieces together because all these guys are coming from different spots all over the league. Nobody's played a Kraken game together before, like you know a regular season game. So you've got somebody who's a veteran, somebody who's good, somebody who we know is a leader. And as of right now, as of this recording, we don't know who the captain of the Seattle Kraken is going to be, but I would say Mark Giordano, Giordano has got to be, you know, what one of the – he's got to be. He's, I, I'd be shocked if he wasn't the captain. Right? I, so. I would be shocked too. And two things that I'm thinking of right off the top of my head. One, I need to do, I need to do a better job at enunciating his last name. <laughs> and yeah, and the second yeah. part is – and this is kind of a, you know, I don't know anything about hockey question. Um, and I know that he's a special player, but is it – is it common for an individual if they can remain injury free to play in the NHL for that long? Again, I was so shocked to see that someone can spend 15 years in the NHL win awards that being the top at, you know, their respective position or skill set, um, you know, in year in year what, 13, 14, and then be yeah. able to go to the Kraken and not only go, come to the Kraken and be looked at as not only as a veteran locker room leader, but someone who's going to hit the ice and you know he's going to have an impact out there too. Like that, that still blows me away. I guess, again, not knowing much about hockey and being like, for example, a big football fan, you do not yeah. see that. I mean, you have like the, the rare Tom Brady exception, right? Where somebody has this 20-year career, but that is so few and far between. That is the exception to the rule. Well, you know, what's funny is going back to the to the GM, Ron Francis, he played in the NHL for 23 seasons, right? So wow. He, he, he was one of the – so, like, okay, if you go back to the old heads, right, the old guys in the NHL. Yeah. Um, the old NHL in the 80s was, like, you know, beer, uh, you know, a lot of other stuff going on, no training, just like a lot of other sports. And they would go and they would, like, you know, uh, do whatever, and they go play hockey, and there was no athleticism in it. But now everything's kind of changed, right? So, like, there's um, – you know, tons of athleticism, which means that you now guys are bigger, stronger, faster, and they're dedicated to, um, you know, being healthy, right? Absolutely. And that's what's that's what has this has turned into is the NHL's turned into people who are going to be around for a very long time. So I would imagine, like, obviously, you, you can't predict injuries and, and, you know, freak stuff can happen to people. Yeah. But long story short, is I think it's getting more commonplace for guys to play longer and longer and longer and longer in the league. Like, um, Joe Thornton, who plays, and forgive me, uh, you know, somebody can flame me for this, but uh, he was with the Leafs last year. I think he's still with the Leafs. I don't know. Did he go over? Maybe he went to Tampa. I'm not sure. Um, Joe Thornton has played, I mean, he's like 43. I mean, he's, and he's a forward, and he, unbelievable. One of, the, the, one of the best forwards for a very long time. And, you know, his, his um, production drops off, but he's still a beast. He still can score. He's a leader. 
that sort of stuff. So I think these guys like Mark Giordano, they're going to stay in this league for a long time and they've got plenty of years left and he's going to be great to set the pace for this team to, to be that leader. So yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, as far as we, we, we pretty much know our starters and you saw these guys scoring like crazy in the yes. season, right? So, Ab- yes. So your, your starting line, you've got uh, Jared McCann, you've got Jaden Schwartz, mm-hmm. Jordan Eberle. So yeah. like Jared McCann is the center. And then um, on your wings, your left wing is Jaden Schwartz. And, and this is where I need to ask you, Joey, is do you know and what do you know about how the actual mechanics of the game works during a game? Like, do you first line, second line, do you need that stuff explained to you at all? I, the, the information that I've been able to gather and learn regarding the lines has started to make sense to me, but I still don't have a full understanding of it. Like I understand what a top or a first line is yeah. um, because I started getting into and researching players, like you said, Jaden Schwartz, Jordan Eberle, et cetera, who are, I'd be very surprised if they are not the top line for the Kraken. With that being said, I don't really understand how the lines work. I don't understand how the shifts work. So by all means, if you want to drop some knowledge on me, now is a great time to do so. Yeah, you know, I don't know about now. I'll just know. I'll just tell you what I know. Is that, like you, like you said, is your first line is typically you know those are your starters. Like in any other league, uh, uh, sports league is like those. You're usually your best players. Now sometimes there's role players that come in. You know, you might have a killer center, um, and then you might have you know somebody in the left wing who is, uh, compliments them, and they might be more of a grinding person. You know, whatever. So like, but like, you know, your 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 center, your left wing, your right wing. Those are your forwards. Okay, so those are three three guys there. And then um, you got your defenseman. You got two defensemen, a left defenseman, a right defenseman. And usually, how that works too is like the left playing side defenseman. If he's playing on the left side of the ice, he's probably left-handed, right? And and that's how you kind of think too is like the the left wing, right wing. Some of those guys. That's uh, super interesting. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Again, something I never knew. Not always. Like I I love playing um, left wing uh, or center when I played. But uh, I actually shoot right, so I, I was kind of like a—I a, forgot what they call it. It's like an off, uh, off-hand wing. I think that's the term. I could be wrong. Because but you're anyway. playing the left side of the ice, but you are shooting right. Yeah, so which was tough because, like, if you are, um, let's say, if you're uh, if you're playing the left wing and you shoot left-handed, okay? Yeah. So as you're coming up the the left side of the ice and you get a cross ice pass, you can just you, flip it in there you're able to receive the pass because yes. you're receiving it on your left side. Now yes. if you're playing on the right, you have to receive the pass like behind you or turn to the you know, side, that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I was not playing, um, <laughs> you know, high caliber hockey. So no, well, that, that makes sense because like you said, I mean, I'm picturing skating on the left side of the ice and then if you're receiving, you know, you're receiving the puck, um, like you said, a, a cross pass, you're have to, having to kind of turn your entire your entire body just to receive the puck and then shooting it. Yeah, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. I'm a lefty, so for me that that naturally. Nice. Yeah, I get it. Good. We can, you, we got our our, our uh, defensive tandem right here. <laughs> we can play defense. It's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but so your your first line that yeah those are usually the rock stars in your team. Um, and then your starting goalie, right? That's just usually the you know and more and more and more and more over the years. That's where you see teams uh, of goalies, you know, tandems come into play where, you know, you're not having one goalie play every single game. Like back in the day, it was like Patrick Waugh, Martin Brodeur. Like these guys played like almost every game. And the other guy was literally a backup who would play like nine, ten games. Now it's split a lot of the times, you know, like 
Philip Grubauer, he comes from Colorado. Yeah. Still got great goaltending over there. And he's, he had a great record. He didn't play all games with, you know, the entire season. Right. So no, he anyway, didn't. So you, yeah, yeah. 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 So your first, that's your first line. Your second line is, is, is just, as you can imagine, is like a, uh, the, the high end talent is, you know, they're not the premier goal scorers in the team, but that's still your first and second lines are typically your lines that are, um, you know, your scoring, your premier defense, right? Then you get into the third and fourth lines. I, is that like third. damage control once you get to that point? I'm sorry if I cut you off there. I mean, once you get no. to the third and fourth line, you're like, hey, if we have some guys, I mean, that can, you know, obviously defend and, and hopefully, if we can get a goal out of our third or fourth line, we're in a pretty good spot here. Yeah, your, your third and fourth lines are typically going to be your defensive forwards, right? Your, you know, big heavy hitters on defense, Third and fourth line are going to be more role players, and coaches will use those lines and those players as like, okay, great, we've got the 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 other team's first lines out. Well, our third line really matches up well against uh, those top players, so you know we're going to go send our top defensive center out against their top offensive center, and okay, you know the fourth the fourth line it gets even you know more like that. So if you really think about it, like to be strictly like. Uh, uh, Madden rankings or like, you know, NHL, you know, 2022 <laughs> rankings. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, the, the overall scoring for these players goes down as you go in, across the lines. Right. But um, that's the general way it works. So your, your first line okay. guys, Jared McCann, Jaden Schwartz, Jordan Everly, Vince Dunn, Adam Larson, that's should, who, who it should be. I mean, these are the guys that are like, you know, for all intents and purposes, the best players on the team. Right? Hey, we and, could, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say in, in the preseason, um, they showed it. You know, those guys were yes. leading scores in the preseason. They look great. So, um, you know, that and and as far as how the game works, okay, as far as how the game works is like your typical NHL shift, which means like you're on the ice, mm -hmm. is like 45, 35, or like 30 seconds to a minute long. Like if you get to, if you get to a minute, um, it's like you're, you're gassed. Like that's like too long almost. So, you know, they change. It's called on the fly. Right. You know, okay. Like the NBA, you got to go to the scores table. You got to, you know, got to, you know, got to check in and then you get, you know, um, checked into the game, that sort of stuff. NHL uh, hockey stuff is strict, is literally like on the fly, which means like you change when you can. It's, a, it is a constant chess move by the, the head coach and the assistant coaches, you know, to manage that right through the game. Because mm -hmm. like if, if your guys get stuck out there and they're totally gassed and you, let's say like, the puck stays in the defensive zone and you're trying to defend well you know like you got to stay in there you can't go change you can't go you know to the bench and change when you're trying to like keep the puck out the net so like the other team can take advantage of that and they could change some players right if they've got some some deep attack going on so they know oh man these guys are totally tired they can't change we can get some fresh guys on the ice take advantage of that that sort of thing so it's a constant chess move so when you watch the nhl uh, through this season, you're going to see and watch as those guys change. And it's literally like you can get caught, you know, if you don't change well, or if there's a mistake on the bench and guys screw up or somebody falls, like they could be shorthanded in that instant. And yeah. The NHL moves so quick is people can, you know, players can take advantage of that. You might have breakaways, that sort of thing, you know? So it's a, it's a big factor in games and how, you know, you use your lines as an NHL team. So it's a cool element to it, and it's fun. It makes it fun. It's, it's super uh, high intensity. 
Yeah, no, and I appreciate that information. I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this will appreciate that as well um, if they are on the kind of same page as me where, they're again, they're still learning about the game. And that answered my question because I was wondering how the shifts worked. And, and, and uh, again, I'm an idiot when it comes to when it comes to hockey. So I'm in my head, I'm like, no. well, do you have to do a shift the entire time? Like, does the entire line have to be swapped out? Um, obviously that's not the case because it's physically impossible. Like you said, this is really like high stakes, high speed chess on ice. I mean, you have these guys flying around 45 seconds. You got to pull them and then, you know, get the next, get the next guy in. But the situational awareness has to be at a hundred at all oh. times, because if you get caught off guard, that could be the game because the team's going to take advantage of you. Like yeah. you said, like they could, they could go on a run or just put you in a bad position to where you just can't. You can't get the guys that you need out there, and then the next thing you know, it's it's too late. Yeah, you should. You, it's fun to watch the like the head coach. Typically, um, you know, he he might be making the call and sending guys out. But the assistant coaches are also working on something, and they like they'll sit together. So, like you know, you know, on the bench, they're constantly shifting guys around, like saying like you know, hey, uh, Schwartzy, you're coming up to sit with uh, you know Everly and so and so. Okay, this can be our next line. All right, guys, be ready. All right, go 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 go. And then somebody's managing the door, or they're hopping over the. Um, you know, they're hopping over the boards. Like the guys who are on the bench may hop over the boards while the guy's coming off the ice. There's uh, the, maybe like the equipment manager, or whoever's in charge is opening the actual, the side, the dasher board door to get on the bench. So it's like, it's almost, it's not only the chest of getting the right players out, keeping track, shifting guys as you go. So watching line changes, what it is, it is, it is, it is chess thinking of who's going to go out, but also making it happen. It's kind of like that NASCAR tire change or like the racing, you know, like IndyCar, like where they do the, the high end uh, uh, changes, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. And really quick before I just I want to make a um, a point kind of going back here to the line uh, conversation that we were having and tying that into the Kraken. One person, well, there's a couple of people I'm really interested in and how things pan out this year. But Jordan Eberle, I am really curious to see how this year pans out for him. And I say that because seeing that he came over from the Islanders and they kind of had him going back from the top line and the second line over the course of the of the past couple of seasons and you see his numbers 
kind of, I don't want to say drop off, but kind of get tapered off. But from what I understand, the Islanders had a plethora of scoring options there. They had guys that really could score um, and and get points for them. So he kind of was not not really handcuffed, handcuffed, but he was hindered in his ability to do some things. It's, it seems like he is definitely going to be top line for the Kraken, and he's really going to be able to, to kind of go out there and do his thing. I'm really excited to see how this particular roster fits with his game. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's him or Jaden Schwartz that end up being the top point scorers for the team. I'm probably saying the most generic statement ever. People probably listen to this like, yeah, no shit, dude. I mean, the top, you know, the, the top line um, forwards you think are going to be the uh, the guys that score the most points. Tell me something we don't know. But just, just an observation that I made and coming from the Islanders and the position that he's in now. Yeah, he's been around the league for, you know, a long time. Yeah. He's been in the league since, you know, for like 10 years now. And, yeah. um, you know, he's had some some years where he scored, you know, 70, 70 points, 70, I think looking at it right now, 76 points was his best year uh, in 2011-12 with the Edmonton Oilers. Um, but, you know, he, he consistently produces up there. I mean, he could be he, he could be somebody who's reinvigorated the past couple of year, seasons with the Islanders. He's good for at least, you know, 30 something points a year um you know he scores goals he's like right down the middle so he scores goals and he sets up plays you know some guys are like assist guys some guys are goal scorers but you know players like him he is somebody who can do it all right so um he's definitely be a key player and you know it, look on other teams is he the top guy no but on the kraken he's go- he's going to be one of the top guys and uh i think he's gonna have a great year so what we saw in the preseason was that everybody was what i love to see and what I saw was that there was chemistry. Yes. Like, there was chemistry. That's a big deal. That's what, like, constantly through the year, um, players, uh, coaches on all teams are looking for, like, that magic chemistry, mm-hmm. right? You know, so, like, on the Oilers, you got Connor McDavid, right, who uh, is, like, the best, you know, best player in the NHL. He's the best best player, right? Interesting. No, I, I honestly did not know that. Okay. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something else. But I totally blank on this guy's name. Um, you're thinking of the guy from the Avs? No, no. I'm just, I'll pick it up. Okay. So Connor, you know, so there, so Connor McDavid's the best. Now Leon Drysidel, he is like literally the third or fourth best player in the NHL. This guy can score, right? Mm-hmm. So you got two of the best premier scorers. You know, they're all around players on the same team. And it's rare that you have such high caliber guys playing together that just mesh. There's only like, you know, a handful of these combinations in the league. And what's cool is they have an amazing chemistry, but they're also like amazing hockey players. So that's what coaches are always and teams are looking for. And you'll see more. They, they constantly tweak those lineups and those lines is if something's not working and, you know, what you see as your first line starters across the league on week one I guarantee you by like week three or four, even week two, things are going to look totally different. So they're constantly trying to make that chemistry happen. So yes. I did see, I did see chemistry happening in the preseason for the Kraken. Uh, uh, that's like an intangible that you totally like love to see. So that's a great thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And two things I immediately thought of on that point, which is a great one is one, something that you and I talked about before we even record this podcast was the passing, specifically McCann. Holy shit. His, I mean, insane. I mean, just like right out of the gate. I think it was like game two preseason. I mean, the passes that he was making to set up his teammates to score, I was, and again, still learning so much about hockey, but I was already just focusing on him and watching him play. It was very, very 
impressive to see the chemistry and the passes that he was able to make in order to get guys open. The second yeah. po- the second point I wanted to make was um, about, you know, not being surprised about lines. We might be very surprised here very early with the Kraken about their lines because Yanni Gord, he is coming back from a, sh- from a shoulder surgery. Um, he recently just took off the red, the red con, the non-contact jersey. And then now um, the last practice that they had, which was what a day or two ago, they had him out there with the top line. And this is a guy that was arguably on the best third line in the NHL with the Tampa Bay lightning. He helped them win consecutive cups. And uh, last season he scored six goals and seven points in 23 playoff games and was an integral part of that team. And so now he's on the Kraken. You know, you think of a guy who, again, really good. He's on a third line for, you know, a two-time Stanley Cup winning team. And now he's on the Kraken coming off an injury, surgery. And he's already, you know, now he's taking reps with the with the uh, top line. So I'm going, going, again, going to be really curious and interested to see how these lines play out for the Kraken because I think they have more options than people are giving them credit for. Well... You know, I, with with these players, we're going to learn a lot of them through the season. Uh, I think I think the Kraken are in a good spot. And if you look at the predictions across the league for the Kraken, and again, our division that we're in, the Pacific Division, is not the greatest. Okay, so you, you know the Knights are amazing, and after that, you know the Oilers are supposed to be really good, but you don't know what you're going to get. They're they're going to be good. But anyway, I, I think the Kraken have a really good shot. And what's I do be too. Awesome, what's going to be awesome is it'd be it'd be great for the league. Right, if the Kraken make the playoffs, and again, we're being really optimistic here, but this is not the Ottawa Senators of 91, 92, or whenever they came in. Like, I remember that. It's like they set the record. And I don't know, I think that the Red Wings may have, uh, in the past, you know, three, four years, have set the record again. But as far as like the worst team to ever exist, um, they only had like 13 wins in the season uh, back in the day. So it's not going to, it's not that anymore. There's so much parity in the NHL. I really think that. You know the players that we got, um, they're all good. They're all good, and a lot of them have new life. And I think the excitement is a key piece of the puzzle to make this team successful. Like the players being pumped to be on something that's brand new. Yes. The fact the fact that the 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 rink is going to be totally jam packed with people so pumped to watch hockey. You know, everywhere they go around the league you know, as they travel, I guarantee you people are going to come to watch, you know, cracking games against the, you know, in Edmonton, in Detroit, in New York, like people. So they're going to have packed barns, right? That's a, that's a nickname for an arena. If you don't know, uh, packed barns, right. They're going to be across the, the, the league, very popular. So I think as cracking players, I, I think that is going to be a key factor. We can talk strategy. We can talk, you know, points goals assists all, all day long but i think that's a big deal i think they they're pumped i think they're ready to rock and it's going to be a good season no absolutely man i mean i think you i think you nailed it on the head and also a credit to all of my freaking uh seattle kraken fans out there because the way that not just the city of seattle i don't want to limit it to just that geographical area but the way that the fan base has accepted the team i mean how fast the season tickets got sold out how the like the excitement around the team is literally palpable. I mean, they are because Climate Pledge Arena, where the Kraken will be playing, um, is not ready yet. And so as they're doing their preseason, they're taking the games on the road. And on the road, 
um, you are seeing full stands. I mean, completely packed. And you are seeing Kraken gear everywhere. And didn't they set a record for like NHL merchandise sold? I, I think so. I don't know. I don't have the official stats, but like, first of all, I mean, just as a human and hockey fan, holy shit! This these these things. The look when the when they first announced the team name and logo, it was like, whoa, this is legit good. Because there's some yes, there's there's some you know, I've been I've been growing up with the NHL for a long time. There's some teams that are like, eh, don't want to you know, throw like anybody that. under the bus right now. <laughs> uh, I, I totally could. I, I, if, I, if I look at the list of the league, I could totally uh, yeah, tell you yeah. But I mean, they're, just, they're awesome. So like, yeah, I'm pretty sure they set records for merch. Um, people are buying stuff, you know, left and right. I just it's an, it's going to be exciting to watch. I cannot wait to watch this first game against the the Golden Knights. Uh, you know, it'd be awesome to have a win in that first first game, but you know, we'll see. So yeah, I abso- think as far absolutely. As the 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 team, the structure of the team, the players. I really think the Kraken are going to be. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think our division is weak, um, and I think we can we can do it. So I think the Kraken, your Seattle Kraken, will make the playoffs in their first season in the nhl yeah and you know what um for me the intangibles that for me is the easy stuff to kind of pick up on it's the it's the details of the game like you said the 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 penalties the the points like how shifts work all of that stuff is so new to me and i have to give you credit because you're the one that not only is teaching me while we are doing this podcast but you also got me in on a multi-year-long NHL fantasy team, and you made me sign up for this. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing, but because of you, I am now, again, trial by fire, trying to understand the ins and outs of the NHL. And what better way to do that than to sign up for fantasy hockey and to get my ass kicked by you for an entire season and basically light some money on fire? (laughs) Dude, I, I got to tell you is I've been in this fancy hockey league for 20 years. Um, a bunch of my buddies from Michigan. I'm glad to have you in this, in this league with me. Um, Joey, dude, like you're going to be fine. Um, there's no crushing at all. I've won the championship like one time. And then last year I had, um, you know, like a co championship because the league ended short because of COVID or whatever. I don't know. Anyway. So like, dude, you, you're going to be all right. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. And I can, I, I cannot tell you how, Quickly, you're going to pick up uh, players, who's good, who to watch, other than playing by, by playing fantasy hockey. I appreciate that. And um, and to your point, want to make a quick note that this is not a podcast where I talk about my fantasy hockey team. So just so <laughs> um, just so everybody knows, but I will encourage everyone if you are in the same boat as me, where you are trying to learn the game. I was hesitant at first to join the league. It's a little bit intimidating. You know your shit. Yeah. You've been in this league for 20 years. I look at like the the history of the winners. There's like one guy that wins like every other year. Very intimidating. Yeah. And again, yep. knowing nothing about the game, but to your point, um, it, it's such a great way to kind of just indoctrinate yourself into the league. Like for this specific league, it's a keeper league. So I had a preset roster. I went in. I decided to keep Nikita Kusharov. Um, my boy over in Tampa Bay did some research on him. Fantastic hockey player. And now did you watch highlights. Did you watch any? Highlights? I watched a lot of highlights. This guy right. can score if he was blindfolded. Um, yeah, I mean it's just unbelievable. And yeah, he's coming off he's coming off an injury, but 
He's on arguably the best team in the NHL, and he's going to be a point machine. So, you know, projected, you know, top five player in the NHL this year. And I don't know any of these things if I don't join the league because why the hell would I be, you know, researching Tampa Bay Lightning players? No offense to them. That's not my team. Um, right, but right. I think it, to your point, it's a, it's a really good way to indoctrinate myself into the league. And then naturally there are a lot of questions that I had that come along with that, <laughs> um, that well, I can, you know, ask you and, and get to know more about the game. Well, you know, it's, it, I'm so excited. Like, and I know it's easy to say, don't be intimidated. I, I, I know the vibe. I know that feeling you're talking about. Cause it is, it's, you're coming in. So I, you know, I'd be the same way, but like, the fact that you get to research and learn who Nikita Kucherov is, right, and watch his highlights, which, by the way, the best highlights of Nikita Kucherov are him celebrating the Stanley Cup win um, this past this past. Oh, um, I did not watch any of those. I'll have to check dude, those out. Yeah, dude, yeah. Those guys, you got to like, you should Google uh, Google uh, Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup party and just like watch clip after clip of like Nikita Kucherov is hilarious. He's Russian, you know, broken English but hilarious. And he was, I'm pretty sure drunk all summer long. Yeah. Well-deserved, you know? So like, that's what's neat is like, you get to like learn about these players um, that other people may, may know a lot about, but you get to see what's up and like, you're just going to learn a lot. Do you have any other questions about, you know, uh, fantasy hockey teams, players, that sort of thing? I, I do have um, a handful of questions, but you know what? I will just ask what I think is a really, really important question that is also the most basic bitch question I could ever ask. And I'm going to, and I'm going to ask it. So my question is, is that you brought this up earlier regarding the best player in NHL history. And I know not even following, um, you know, hockey that closely up until now, that that player is Wayne Gretzky. However, if I were in a situation where I was forced to explain why Wayne Gretzky is the GOAT, I would not be able to do that. And I think it's really important for me to have that understanding, for people that listen to this podcast to have that understanding, because the history of the game is, to me, is just as important as learning about the Kraken and learning about contemporary hockey. And so for me, I think that's what I would like to learn from you. Why was Wayne Gretzky the GOAT? What did he do that separated himself? I can look at his stats all day. That doesn't tell the story. No, it does. It actually does. Oh, did you look? I, I even better. I not to look at his stats. Did you look at his stats? Um, I did briefly. And it's funny because I actually had a conversation with a buddy of mine. I went out to dinner the other night and we were talking about hockey. And he was like, man, and he's like, have you ever, he's like, Wayne Gretzky. He's like, dude, have you ever looked at his stats? And I'm just like, I, and I pulled up on my phone briefly and maybe, and, and again, this is me not knowing anything. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong and that his stats do tell the story, but when you don't understand the statistics of hockey, for me, there's, there's a context behind it that I don't fully understand. Here's here's the, the the deal. Do you know do you know what makes up a point in the NHL? Like a point can be what? A goal and assist. Is there anything else I'm missing there? That's it. Okay. Goals, to, you know, goals and assists make points. So if in your career you had 100 goals and 100 assists, you've got 200 points career, right? Got it. So let's let's talk about the top 5 all time, right? All time. I'm looking at it right now. I looked this up. Okay. So um, you have at number 5 the Seattle Kraken. General Manager Ron Francis, one thousand seven hundred ninety-eight points. I did not realize Ron Francis was that much of a legend. It makes sense oh. to me now why you were so excited. You're like, "Holy crap, Ron Francis!" <laughs> well, he played a very long time, which helped, but he was very good. Yeah, always. twenty-three years so in the like, league doesn't hurt. Yeah, 
you don't, you know, you don't get 1,700, almost 1,800 points just by playing for a long time in the NHL. The guy's elite. He's great, you know, but it did help. He played for a long time. So he's number five. Number four, you've heard this name before, Gordy Howe. Yep. Okay. Uh, famous Detroit Red Wing. 1850, 1,850 points. Is that your favorite okay. player of all time, personally? No. No. Um, Steve Eisman, probably. I, you know, I have faith in uh, Stevie Y. Is the he's the now GM of the Red Wings and building. They're they're one of the worst teams in the league, but he's building something good there. But Gordy Howe. So Gordy Howe's eighteen fifty, and then Mark Messier, number three. He's the captain, right? Okay. He's one of the best leaders of all time. Um, eighteen uh, hundred one thousand eight hundred eighty seven points. So it's right? close. These, these guys are close. Yeah. Number two all time, Yarmir Yager. Okay, this guy played forever was amazing always right so he's 1921 points these are points so i'm going from second to fifth one no, you know, 1921 1887 1850 1798 so all within like you know 50 couple couple points of each other okay wayne wayne gretzky has 1963 assists what so, number two point scorer all time is Yarmir Yager, 1,921 points. Wayne Gretzky has got 1,963 assists. He has more assists than the second points. Total, 2,857 points. So, almost, almost 1,000 more points. So he tacked on almost a thousand goals onto his nineteen hundred assists, eight hundred ninety four goals. Jesus! Uh, and so like he is also the greatest goal scorer of all time in the NHL. Although um, uh, 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 Alex Ovechkin could could do it, he could do it. He could, okay, he could break the record. So uh, the Washington Capital, he could yeah he yeah could break that. Um, so that's how amazing he is, and the reason why he was the best ever. Not only that. And the reason he did that was like he could, he was like uh, Nostradamus on the ice. He knew what was going to happen three plays ahead of everybody else. He wasn't, he was not the fastest. He was not the, you know, strongest shot, the most accurate shot. I mean, but he was like at the top almost of all that stuff, right? But he just, he knew how the game worked and he could make it bend to his will. So, you know, that's that's something that you need to know about the league and why he's the best. Not just because of the the actual numbers, because of watching him play was like watching, you know, uh, like if I were to play, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think here. It's like um, if the worst NHL player came to play in a beer league, you know, um, he would destroy everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what Wayne Gretzky made other NHL players look like. That's, um, yeah, that's, I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. That's just incredible because the stat of, you know, the top five point scores of all time, and he leads them with just his assists. One, that's not something that I knew. And two, it automatically tells me that he is on such another level in terms of his vision for the game, or he was on that level that, um, He's a special player. That's all you can say about that. So yeah, and to me, like learning that is very, very important. So I did want to ask that most basic question, and hopefully, someone that's listening doesn't know that either and can learn along too, because I think that the history of the game is really important. Well, here's what's awesome about what we're talking about mainly is the Seattle Kraken. Is again, you know, we've got great leadership. I think we've got a great 
solid team. I think at worst, we're going to have like a, a potential playoff team, which I think a play, I think they'll get into the playoffs. I really do. Um, you know, I think they're in a division that's not too strong and you've got a good mix of players that seem to be clicking. We've only had uh, six preseason games and we're excited about, you know, the, the start of the regular season, but it's going to be an exciting year. Uh, for the Kraken and everybody in Seattle and across the league should be pumped to watch these guys, especially to see those jerseys on the ice. If you haven't watched the game yet, it's just, it's just incredible. So Seattle has got something special going on. And uh, I think this is where we should, as we start to wrap up the episode, Joey, let's, let's get the bulletin board material together. And this is, let's do it. This is what I'm putting out there as like uh, you might call it a vision board, but I'm calling it bulletin board because in, you know, in sports you put the bulletin board material up there to get you pumped up and ready to like, you know, get into that game. Um, I want to put up our goals for, for this podcast and, and my top one right now, and we'll add to this is I do want to get the legend your fifth leading point <laughs> scorer of all time yeah. in the NHL, your Seattle Kraken general manager. I want to get, Ronnie Francis as a guest on this show at some point. So I'm going to write that down and put that out there. We're putting it out there in the world that we will get Ron Francis on the podcast. That is, that is going to happen by episode 50. Ooh. Okay. And, and specifics. I like it. I like what you're doing here. How, how hard do you think you would nerd out as we are on a podcast and we are, you know, having a dialogue with Ron Francis, would you be able to keep it together? Or are you like, Oh, this is a holy shit moment. No, I would, I would, I would freak out. I, actually, um, <laughs> I was in radio for a long time. I had a chance to interview Pat LaFontaine, who's a, a New York Islanders legend. Um, and he's done a lot of cool stuff and he's got some foundations and stuff. And it was like, I worked at a top 40 radio station, but he, I got him, I interviewed him, which is awesome. Um, even though it didn't fit for our audience. And like, yeah, I had to hold myself back. Cause it was, I mean, so cool to be able to, um, you know, talk, talk to him. So, you know, I think with, with social media and all that sort of stuff and everything that we've, we've got going on, like I, we can make this happen. I know I can, I can do this. So I'm, I'm ready. Do you have something to add to the bulletin board? No, we can absolutely do this. And we are going to do this. We're holding ourselves accountable. I will say, and this is partly a selfish thing on my end because the majority of my selfish. family is still back in Washington state, but put it on the vision board that you and I are flying up to Seattle and we are in attendance, Climate Pledge Arena. Sorry, wow. <laughs> Climate Pledge Arena. And we are in person at a cracking at a cracking game. I don't give a shit who they're playing. I just want to experience that in person. I want to do it with you. And I think that would be that would be just a great experience and something that we can also obviously share on the podcast. So that is what yeah. I would like to add to the board. I back that 100%. I would love that. Um, it's been a while since I've been to an NHL game. Um, I've never I, been. Yeah. It's, it's the, it is, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you're biased like I am. It's the greatest sport to watch live. It is so much fun, so much action. Um, dude, okay, done. All right, so Ronnie Francis and Kraken game in person this season. Ooh. We've got to March, basically. We've got until March. Maybe, I mean, if you, look in mm, in life, pushing it. If you, don't put, if, you don't, if you don't put specifics on it, I know, I know. Okay, I I say, let's say it. Let's say it <sighs> by this. This. Why not? 
Yeah, fuck it. 20, tw- by this season, by this season, twenty twenty, by twenty twenty two, it'll happen. There you go, twenty twenty two. Good. Let's go. Let's get. Let's get some. Uh, first, we have to get a. Uh, no, we're thought of what, li- a what lies beneath credit card. Um, <laughs> we'll expense it. Yeah, we need a the hockey podcast network to hook us up with our own credit card. Just expense yeah, yeah. the shit out of that trip. All right, well, dude. This has been an awesome. <laughs> first episode yes we we are going to talk about so much with the nhl season starting and the kraken starting but man i gotta tell you be excited kraken fans because this is going to be a ride you will not forget and i if you have never watched nhl hockey or been into it get into it you will not be disappointed yeah absolutely i'm i echo everything you are saying and please um if you want to check us out and support what we are doing you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook, we are at Kraken Pod. What lies beneath the Seattle Kraken Podcast? Awesome. Good job, Joey. It's been great. Let's go uh, watch some hockey, man. Let's go Kraken. At least the Kraken, baby. Yeah.